Morning Blend, a triple shot of Catholicism, conversation, and coffee. David and Brenda start your day with a fresh cup of joy and inspiration, whether it's through interviews, news, music, or prayer. It's all viewed through a Catholic lens. It's the Morning Blend on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Mater Day Radio. Good Thursday morning to you. February 2nd, 7 a.m. It's David and Brenda with you on the Morning Blend. That song, I hope everyone gets that reference today. I should play that in a loop to maybe (laughs) help with the cue as to why that song is important today of all days. Ah, the movie Groundhog's Day. On this Groundhog's Day. Bill Murray, right? Bill Murray. He wakes up in the morning and just relives his day over and over again. And he wakes up in the morning and that song plays. That plays. Every morning. And he just hits the alarm clock. He just smashes yeah, it on yeah. some morning. And the whole theory was that he had to live the perfect day before he could move on to the next. Right. He was a little bit of a curmudgeon. <laughs> uh, not unlike the groundhog himself. I don't think the groundhog is particularly a lovely kind of person on groundhog days when they come with that king and beat his door open <laughs> and say, right. get up, get up, look outside and tell us what you see. That would be Puxatawney Phil yes. in Pennsylvania. And he has been up this morning already. And he has, uh, well, you want to give the reveal of, remember, he he either sees a shadow or he doesn't. And depending on that, it depends on how much more winter we're going to receive. So let's hear right from Pennsylvania. Hear ye, hear ye. Now on this February 2nd, Punxsutawney Phil, the seer of seers, was awakened from his wintry nap at dawn on Gobbler's Knob. Phil looked to the skies and then, speaking in groundhog ease, directed this, President Dunkel, to the proper scroll, which reads, I see that everyone knows their part, and I am merely the sage. But above all else, I see a shadow on my stage. And so, no matter how you measure, it's six more weeks of winter weather. Oh, no. Okay. Six more weeks of winter weather. Puxatani Phil, <laughs> we're going to have to have a talk because yes. I believe you are on a run. I think last year was the same thing. Six more weeks of winter. It was. And yeah, maybe he was right last year, but I, so. I need a little, uh, a little inspiration to know that that spring is on its way a little sooner than later. Because remember in March, we had the big snowstorm yes. <laughs> last year. Okay. So there you go. There you go. He's got it. Now, there was a time, we talked about this yesterday, David, that there was a like a hedgehog at the Portland Zoo who, yes. uh, who'd made his own a little bit more in tune with the weather exactly. uh, patterns of the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> I don't know if that's still the case, but I'd like a second opinion, please. Yes, we'll, we'll ask the second opinion from the Oregon Zoo to see what they came up with. So there you have it, folks. Groundhog's Day, six more weeks of winter weather, so says Puxatani Phil. And it kind of feels like it again this morning. Although I will say it's it's cold again this morning. It's 28 degrees coming mm-hmm. in. 
But this looks like the last morning. That's so says yes. all of the forecasters. Forecast, that, yes. Boy, 40 degrees sounds a whole it, lot nicer in the morning it, than 29 or 25 it, it what we've sure been does. getting. And it's actually going to be up into the 50s, hopefully by Saturday. So maybe go out and bask in the warm weather <laughs> of the 50s. It's all perspective, David. It it's is. all a matter of perspective. Well, we have a lot going on today. Uh, some great interviews coming up. Catholic Schools Week continues. We're going to mm-hmm. check in with O'Hara Catholic School down in Eugene in the second hour. You had a great interview with, we're going to hear from Father Anderson. Right. In fact, if you were listening before the morning blend started, there was a little bit of a shift in programming because of this special feast day that we thought that EWTN Mass was going to run a little longer. So we wanted to make sure we got all of that. So things shifted around a little bit. But yes, today is the feast of the presentation of the Lord, which also lands on the purification of the Blessed Virgin Mary. (gasps) Which also lands on Candlemas. All of these things are happening today. Father Eric Anderson joining us in just a few minutes to explain it all for us. All right. Well, why don't we get the show on the road? All right. Sounds good. Here's Katie Hurst and Answers. And we are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Dei Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. What about all the earthquakes, fires and hurricanes? Why does it keep on storming when you could stop the rain? I want the answers. What about all the sickness medicine can't solve? What about all the cancer? You could heal it all. I want the answers.
That is Katie Hurst and Answers. It's 709 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. David and Brenda with you on this Thursday morning, Groundhog Day, and Puxatani Phil saw his shadow. Six more weeks. Six more but weeks of winter. People always make that claim, though. If he saw his shadow, that means the sun was out. Yeah. And yet he's still going to say <laughs> more winter is coming. I've never been able to quite figure that one out, but hey, who am I to argue with a legend like Puxitani Phil? So that's what you get. By the way, did you see the green comet last night? No. It was supposed to be visible in the northern sky tonight, last night and tonight, I believe. Really? Yeah, but I didn't see it. Did you go out and look for it? Well, too much city light. Oh, okay. Yeah, they said you had to get away from the uh, darkness, but I All didn't right. see it. So. But apparently, you might be able to see it again tonight. I, I heard that on the news last night. Okay, so I'm going to look and I'll it. let you know. All right, see if you can check it out. Hey, as you heard, Father Eric Anderson going to join us next, talk about the Candlemas, and that's going to happen right after the forecast. Support for Matre Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. Join Mater Dei Radio and Father Robert Barcelos in prayer with the morning offering. A morning prayer written by St. Therese. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O my God, I offer Thee all my actions of this day for the intentions and for the glory of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. I desire to sanctify every beat of my heart, my every thought, my simplest works, by uniting them to His infinite merits. And I wish to make reparation for my sins by casting them into the furnace of His merciful love. O my God, I ask of Thee for myself and for those whom I hold dear, the grace to fulfill perfectly Thy holy will, to accept for love of Thee the joys and sorrows of this passing life, so that we may one day be united together in heaven for all eternity. Amen. For more prayer resources and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit MatriDayRadio.com. Support from Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including the Jade Bistro and Patisserie, located on Southeast 13th in Portland's Selwood neighborhood. The Jade Bistro is family-run, serving Vietnamese and Thai cuisine with influences from France and Laos. French pastries are available daily, open Monday through Saturday, 11 a.m. to 9 p.m. Information can be found online at jadeportland.com. It may be hard to believe, but Ash Wednesday and the start of Lent are just days away. Get ready for this special season in the church with help from Mater Dei Radio. Unite with us in prayer during our three daily broadcasts of the Holy Mass, the Sacred Mysteries of the Holy Rosary, the Chaplet of Divine Mercy, and Catholic Reflections that will enrich your life. Mater Dei Radio is also eager to pray for your personal requests through our prayer hotline. You can send an intention to our prayer team now by clicking the pray button on the Hail Mary Media app and materdayradio.com or call directly to the prayer hotline at 503-285-3737. 
That's 503-285-3737. Lent will be here before you know it. Make sure you're ready to pray with the Hail Mary Media app and Matrade Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. It is 7.13 at Matrade Radio. Well, it looks like this is going to be the last real cold morning for a while. Now, Mm -hmm. that's not to say it won't get cold again, but I guess it's all relative. So today, increasing clouds, a high of 49 degrees. Then mostly cloudy tonight with a 30% chance of showers. The low tonight, 39. Uh, Wow, wow, that is downright balmy, David. (laughs) How about that? Rainy and breezy for Friday, a high of 50. And then more rain likely for Friday night, low of 43. Then Saturday, 60% chance of showers. I have 53. That's incredible. So so. maybe things are, maybe Pennsylvania might be getting some more winter, but here on the Pacific Northwest, yeah, we're ready for spring. I've already seen the crocus are already starting to come up. Start to see that this time of year. We'll see that. Well, it currently is still very cold. 29 degrees at Seton Catholic High School in Vancouver. And 28 degrees at St. Rose Lima Church in Portland. Well, it is a Trinity of Feasts, and it falls today on February 2nd. We celebrate the presentation of the Lord and the purification of the Blessed Virgin Mary and the traditional blessing of candles for Candlemas. So what are the circumstances that bring all of these together on one day? Well, joining us to share more, it is Father Eric Anderson, pastor at St. Stephen's Catholic Church here in Portland. Father Anderson joining us today, well, to give us more insight into these wonderful feast days. Good morning, Father Anderson. Thanks so much for joining us today. Good morning. Well, this is a lot. Now, some of it, I wonder, is circumstances, just on how the number of days go. But well, we know there's no coincidences with our Lord, that all of these things happen for a purpose. So I'd love to start with the purification of Mary. Now, this purification of Mary, do we understand it in Scripture, or is this a tradition of the Church based on Mosaic law, so we know that it would have happened? Well, it is. Uh, it's, it's both, actually. It's in the book of Leviticus that a woman... Uh, who, um, having been with a man and conceived uh, a boy child, must come into the temple on the 40th day after, uh, after his birth, so that on the eighth day he's circumcised, and then 33 days later he's brought into the temple to be presented and she to be purified. So, Father Anderson, was Mary, though, subject to the laws of purification? Well, so let's let's take a look, first of all, at the Gospel of St. Luke, chapter 2. At that time, when the days of Mary's purification were fulfilled, according to the law of Moses, they took Jesus up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male that opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. All right. So there's the gospel. So Mary indeed. So it's in the Levitical law and it's also in the gospel. But you're right. There's a question there. Is Mary in need of purification? Well, she's not in need of purification because she was not with a man. She did not conceive the child by the natural means uh, that a husband and wife would. Um, she conceived the child by the inbreathing of the Holy Spirit. So, in that case, she's still a virgin, 
and she's not in need of purification. But the fathers of the church are united in saying that she was not bound by the law of purification. However, she wished to submit to this law, first of all, to give an example of humility. I see. Father Eric Anderson is joining us today. We are talking about this beautiful, we'll say trifecta of wonderful traditions and feast days that fall on today. We know it as Candlemas. So you talk about humility. That example of humility, uh, did she know that that her example of humility was an important example for all of the world? Well, let's put it this way. You know, a lot of times we know what we're supposed to do, but we don't know the full import of it. So I'm just speculating here. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes we we even have a sense that what we're doing is more important than we're aware of. But there's something to it that we know we're supposed to do it. And that, you know, good will come out of it or or it's according to God's will and God has a bigger plan than we're altogether aware of. Now, I there there's this sort of heretic I guess we could say a heretical song out there that says Mary did did you know and mm. it presumes that Mary doesn't have a clue you know um whereas you know as Catholics we know from our from our tradition that Mary did have a clue although she didn't perhaps know everything she she seems to have known quite a lot uh from from for instance the wedding of Cana she seems to know something. And it's indicated when, when Jesus says to her, um, woman, what is this to me and to thee? My hour has not yet come. As though she would understand what he meant by that sure. hour. So here um, we, we understand something about the purification of the Blessed Virgin that in order for it to be... Um, in order for this transition to come or for the fulfillment to come, this has to be done so that the next thing can happen. It's kind of like when Jesus is baptized, he's not in need of baptism, but by him being baptized, he transforms baptism. He brings it to fulfillment, and the fathers say that he blesses the water of baptism by his own baptism. So that the baptism of John is altogether different from the Trinitarian baptism, the sacrament of baptism. So we could say that the presentation of the Lord is fulfilled here and therefore after this is no longer needed. And also that the purification of the Blessed Virgin, that she goes through this in order to bring it to an end and to bring about something new. Well, obviously... There is always more to the story than what we just read on the surface. Father Eric Anderson joining us today to explain a little bit more about this unique purification of Mary. Well, it also falls on, as you said in the beginning, the presentation of the Lord. Both of those things happen at the same time. Now, the presentation of the Lord, we know the story from Scripture. He was brought to the temple. Mary and Joseph were poor, so all they had were two doves in order to present. Well, it's an important part of the law. How is this story, the bringing of a baby to the temple, fit into the whole of our salvation history and story. It's a type of his um, his crucifixion, in a way, or it points toward his 
his offering of sacri- of himself in sacrifice. Okay. Let's put it that way. Um, oftentimes, in meditating upon the mysteries of the rosary, there are certain little meditations or things that go along with them. And St. Louis de Montfort, for the decade of the presentation of the child in the temple, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus sacrificed. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. As one of the methods that St. Louis de Montfort gives for praying the rosary is that you add a one word or a short little phrase after the word Jesus yes. to remind you of that mystery. And so the word that he chooses for this particular mystery is sacrificed, which is interesting because the various events of the infancy narrative point towards something that is to come. For instance, his circumcision is the first shedding of his precious blood. Mm-hmm. At eight days old, he sheds his precious blood for the first time. In the nativities, you know, you usually see the baby lying in the crib with his arms extended and his feet together as they are on the cross, on the crucifix. Mm. So we see in his infancy narrative things that are pointing towards something that is later to be fulfilled. So his offering in the temple is pointing toward his sacrifice, that yeah, the two turtle doves are being brought to be sacrificed in place of him. But in reality, we understand that he himself is being brought as the offering but he's not yet to be offered. It's another 33 years before he'll be offered. Amazing. And it was 33 days between his circumcision to when he was presented. Yeah. Very interesting correlation. Father Eric Anderson is joining us this morning talking about this beautiful feast day. Father Eric, I have enjoyed our conversation so much, but there is more I want to talk to you about this presentation of the Lord. I'm coming up against my break. Can you stay with me through the break? Oh, I sure will. Oh, look forward to it. And it is 723 at Mater Day Radio. David and Brenda with you on the Morning Blend on this Thursday morning. Well, if you haven't done so yet, please think about downloading our free Hail Mary Media app. If you go to our website right on the front page, you can click on Hail Mary Media app. It'll give you all of the details. Through the app, you can access our exclusive audio, video, and text prayer library. You can tune into live broadcasts of Mater Day Radio. Sign up for customized prayer reminders. You can listen to podcast versions of our shows as well. It's just so much more on the free Hail Mary media app. Again, you can find all the information on our website at materdayradio.com. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Francis Speaks, from the Franciscan Missionary Sisters of Our Lady of Sorrows. A letter to all the faithful, the gift that is ours. Oh, to have a Father in heaven, how glorious and holy and great that is. Oh, to have a spouse in heaven, how holy, beautiful, and lovable. Oh, to have such a brother, how holy and how beloved, how pleasing and lowly, peaceful and sweet and lovable and desirable above all things. 
and oh, to have such a son who laid down his life for his sheep and who prayed to the Father for us, saying, Holy Father, keep those you have given me true to your name. A Reflection from Through the Year with Francis of Assisi by Father Murray Bodo. Learn more at olpretreat.org. That's olpretreat.org. Support for Monterey Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Westside Masonry Incorporated, providing residential masonry projects in brick, block, concrete, and cultured stone. For more information on fireplaces, patios, driveways, hardscapes, excavation, retaining walls, and fencing, call 503-805-7464. Westside Masonry Incorporated, CCB number 167779. What do the famous Batmobile, Love Bug, and Mystery Machine have in common? They were all given to Monterey Radio's vehicle donation program. Well, not really, but they could have been, and you could do the same. If you have a car, truck, van, RV, or boat that you no longer need, consider donating it to Monterey Radio. It's quick and easy, and a likely tax deduction for you. And you'll be supporting uplifting Catholic radio programs. Information on our website at MonterdayRadio.com. Want an eye-opener in the morning without the caffeine? It's the Morning Blend with David and Brenda on Mater Day Radio. 726 at Mater Day Radio and Portland City workers ready to strike. We'll have the details in the news. And the excitement around Pope Francis' trip to DRC has led some pilgrims to travel for days by boat. Just for a chance for a glimpse of the pontiff, I'll have an update from his trip coming up in three minutes. Here is Dan Bremen, and he knows. We are David and Brenda on the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio. I know you struggle and you're wrestling with unbelief. You feel the fire growing cold. Your broken heart is beating heavy like the air you breathe. You're in this valley all alone. So where do you turn? Where do you go? Well, he knows every pain, every tear that you've cried, every single part of you. And he knows every doubt, every fear that you've fight, the battles you've been going through. And when it feels Taste the bitterness of suffering It always leaves us asking why But I believe that there's a reason for everything If we could see through His eyes Cause He knows every pain, every tear that you cried Every single part of you And He knows
tear that you've cried Every single part of you And he knows every doubt, every fear that you fight The battles you've been going through That is Dan Bremnis, and he knows. 7.30 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. And in your news this morning, to bring about peace, prayer is the most powerful weapon there is. Pope Francis told thousands of young adults and catechism teachers in the Democratic Republic of Congo on Thursday. Pope Francis interacted with an enthusiastic crowd of about 65,000 young people and adults, some of whom traveled days to be present for the papal visit. Pope Francis asked the crowd, Yes, prayer conquers fear and enables us to take our future into our hands. Do you believe this? Well, during the second half of his speech, the Pope was repeatedly drowned out by the energetic audience, which broke out in cheering, singing and dancing despite the hot weather. The bishop from Western DRC told EWTN News that people from his diocese traveled in boats on the Congo River for two to four days to arrive in Kinshasa. Pope Francis spoke out against corruption during his invitation, inviting everyone to shout together, go away, corruption. Well, the stadium broke out in loud singing and cheering, and the event's MC had to invite the crowd to quiet down before the Pope could continue wow. speaking. I mean, they are excited to have him there. And hopefully, as with all of these papal visits, it's the lasting uh, memory and change that is right. so important in these. Well, Cardinal Joseph Zen has been hospitalized in Hong Kong after his health deteriorated upon returning from Benedict XVI's funeral in Rome. The 91-year-old Cardinal wrote on his blog on January 31st that he is receiving treatment in the hospital after experiencing difficulty breathing. Zen said that the doctors have already conducted many examinations and ruled out that he does not have a bacterial infection in his lungs as he experienced back in 2016 when he was hospitalized for three weeks. Now, the former bishop of Hong Kong revealed that he had already been experiencing some health difficulties before receiving permission from a Hong Kong court to travel to Rome for the January 5th funeral of Benedict XVI. Now, despite having inflammation in his shoulders and aching back and numbness in his hands, Zen said that he felt that he could not give up the opportunity to be present at the funeral. Well, after his four-day trip to Rome, the Cardinal spent 10 days resting in Hong Kong, but his health unexpectedly continued to deteriorate, worsening on the first day of the Lunar New Year, January 22nd. 
Hundreds of members of Labor's International Union are moving forward with plans to strike at midnight tonight after no agreement was reached with the city of Portland during Wednesday's mediation session, according to city officials. City says it has contingency plans and will share details on potential impacts today. State of emergency declaration issued last Thursday by Portland Mayor Ted Wheeler allows the city to hire or reallocate staff to ensure continuity of services as the workers go on strike. Negotiations between union representatives and the city have gone on for about 10 months, the union said. They represent workers in Portland's wastewater treatment, pollution testing, street maintenance, and park ranger services. Oh, Portland Public Schools is closing its online program, the Online Learning Academy, at the end of the school year. Staff was notified Tuesday during a meeting, and families found out from an email they received Tuesday evening. In the message to families, district officials cited future budget concerns as a reason for closing the school. And in the message, officials said they will be in touch with more information about options and want to help each OLA student find a learning environment that fits their needs. Students, teachers, and other staff members will return to in-person schools, according to the message. Now, the school enrolls 225 students across kindergarten through 12th grade. The Online Learning Academy started in the fall of 2021 as an offering for families who wanted their children to remain with online learning as others return to in-person learning. New Oregon Governor Tina Kotek has announced her budget proposal for the state, and it leans heavily on one of her top priorities, housing. Kotek is pushing for lawmakers to approve more than $1 billion to build and preserve affordable housing in the next two-year budget cycle. In her proposal, Kotek writes, The housing crisis is one of the largest emergencies we have ever faced in Oregon, and the human suffering it causes to individuals, families, and communities is unacceptable. In part of her proposal, Kotek also wants the state to issue $770 million in bonds to help build affordable homes for renters and new homeowners. Along with housing and homelessness, Kotek said her top priorities are strengthening the state's behavioral health system and improving early childhood education. Well, the Clark County jury on Wednesday unanimously found suspected serial killer Warren Forrest guilty in the 1974 murder of Martha Morrison, a 17-year-old from Portland. The first-degree murder trial began last week, nearly 50 years after Morrison's remains were discovered. Forrest has been in prison since 1978, serving a life sentence for his conviction in the 1974 murder of another young woman, 20-year-old Krista K. Blake. Now, in total, investigators suspect Forrest is responsible for abducting and killing seven women and girls on both sides of the Columbia River. Morrison's remains were recovered months after she disappeared, but her death wasn't linked to Forrest until 2015 when DNA evidence was found on the weapon used to attack Morrison. And in sports, good way to start the road trip. The Portland Trailblazers playing in Memphis defeated the Grizzly last night, 122-112. Once again, Damian Lillard leading the way, scoring 42 points and dishing out 10 assists. Former Oregon Stater 
Drew Eubanks came off the bench to give the team a boost. He had 11 points and 11 rebounds, playing in place of Yusuf Nurkic, who left the game early in the first quarter with a calf injury. Blazers also lost Jeremy Grant to a concussion in the second quarter. It was really a good road win for Portland, as Memphis is a legitimate Western Conference contender. Blazers have now won four of their past five games and moved to within one game of 500. They play at Washington tomorrow. Well, today, February 2nd, is the Feast of the Presentation of the Lord, which recalls when Joseph and Mary presented the child Jesus in the temple. Well, in Poland, they also commemorate this day as Our Lady of the Thunder Candle. Ooh, Isn't that right, impressive? Yeah. yeah. This tradition is related to the blessing of candles that occur before Mass. Traditionally, Catholics would attend Mass on this day and take home with them a blessed candle. In Poland, this candle would eventually be called the Thunder Candle and was primarily lit during storms as well off as well as to ward off wolves. Well, that's tough mm. being. The University of Dayton explains the legend relates that Mary, the mother of God, blessed thunder candle, watches over people on cold February nights. And with her thunder candle, she wards off the ravenous pack and protects the peasants from all harm. While wolves are typically no longer a threat, Catholics still light the candles during thunderstorms or during times of prayer. The candles are also reminders of the light of Christ and how Mary can guide us through the darkness of our lives. Hmm. Thunder candles. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. Well, if you want to have candles blessed, today is the day to do that. At 7 o'clock p.m. is the Mass for the Purification of the Blessed Virgin Mary happening at Holy Rosary Church in Portland. All are invited to attend this Dominican Rite Misa Cantata in observance of the Feast of the Purification of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Bring your candles to be blessed. Cantores and Ecclesia will be singing liturgical music. And of course, a wine and cheese reception in Siena Hall will follow the Mass. Remember, you can find more details on these and other events. Head over to the community calendar, materdayradio.com, and the Hail Mary Media Map. And Brenda continues her interview with Father Eric Anderson right after the forecast. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. Please join me, Sister Christa von Borstel, in this prayer to St. Sebastian. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Glorious Sebastian, martyr and saint, I call on your strength and courage to help me through this difficult trial. Your faith was so deep, a multitude of arrows could not finish you. The piercing wounds inflicted for your faith only proved to strengthen your belief. May you intercede for those who are weakened from the effects of disease. I ask for your intercession that I may also survive that which threatens to destroy my beliefs in the mercy of Christ. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 
For more prayer resources, please visit our website at materdayradio.com or check the prayer section on the new Hail Mary Media app. The Benedictine Brewery Tap Room is a place of hospitality and fellowship, a place where all who come are welcome and where the peace of nearby Mount Angel Abbey permeates. Come for the beer, return to share the spirit of the monks of Mount Angel who brew craft beer in the tradition of the Belgian monks of old using local waters and hops grown on Abbey land. Taste and believe. Learn more at benedictinebrewery.com. That's benedictinebrewery.com. Would you like to gain a deeper understanding of the Holy Mass? Hello, this is Terry Ross. Join me on Mater Dei Radio each Saturday afternoon at 4 and Sunday afternoon at 2 for the glory of the Mass. Every weekend, we'll explore the rich history of sacred music within the Catholic liturgy. Increase your appreciation for the beauty and sanctity of Catholic sacred music with the glory of the Mass, Saturday and Sunday afternoons on Mater Dei Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. 742 at Mater Day Radio. It is cold again out there this morning. We'll see increasing clouds today with a high of 49 degrees. 30% chance of rain late tonight, low of 39, so a little warmer finally on those uh, cold temperature sides. <laughs> then rainy and breezy for Friday, high of 50 degrees, 90% chance of rain. Again, it's all perspective. It is. It's 39 is warmer. <laughs> it is from where it is right now, too. It is 26 degrees at Our Lady of the Lake Catholic School in Lake Oswego. And 26 degrees at St. Peter's Church in Eugene. I am continuing now my conversation with Father Eric Anderson. Father Anderson is the pastor at St. Stephen's Catholic Church right here in Portland, joining us today to talk about, well, a trinity of feast days with the presentation of the Lord, the purification of the Blessed Virgin Mary, and the traditional blessing of candles on this day. Father Anderson, before we took our break, we were talking about the presentation of the Lord. And in looking things up, I found out that in Eastern churches, the presentation of the Lord is called the Feast of Encounter. And that's when we hear about this encounter between Simeon and Anna. So this is another part of the story where it seems like, huh, that was interesting story and quite wonderful, perhaps, for this old man and this old woman. But why is it important to the story of Christ and his passion? So, yes, this is another name for today's feast in, in, the, in the Greek. Well, I, I don't know Greek, but <laughs> I, I think it's pronounced hypopanti, hypopanti, which is equivalent to uh, a meeting. It signifies some sort of a meeting. And so that's because Simeon and Anna met the Lord or encountered the Lord when he was offered in the temple. So this is an important part, Simeon taking the child in his arms and calling the Lord by several things. He, he says that the Lord is salvation, light, and glory. And here's that famous, uh, well, it's the, a chant of the church. It's, it's from the Gospel of St. Luke, but it's, it's the, the chant that is sung during this feast, but also every night at Compline at night prayer. Now thou dost dismiss thy servant, O Lord, according to thy word in peace, because my eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared in the face of all peoples, a light to the revelation of the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. So he's called Salvation, Light, and Glory by Simeon. And it's from this light that we get 
um, that we get the the you know the candles mm. or that we are carrying the light and it's just a little light now but it will be, it will become a bigger light in another I don't know usually another what 70 80 days from now okay as we enter into the Lenten season and, of course, the Easter Triduum. Father Eric Anderson joining us today, talking about this beautiful celebration of Candlemas. All right, Father Anderson, so you've talked a lot about light, about candle. We have the Easter candle. We have the light of the world born at Christmas. We Catholics focus a lot of time and attention on candles. In fact, recently on the Morning Blend, we talked about the most Google questions about the Catholic faith. If you typed into Google, why do Catholics, and then let it autofill with the most popular questions that come after it, one of those top 10 things are, why do Catholics light candles? Now, this feast day is called Candlemas. So let's talk a little bit about why we bless candles on this particular day, and uh, what candles mean for us as Catholics. Right. Well, it it has come down to us over the many, many centuries. And it is said that this, I think it is said that this feast is uh, very, very early. Some would say it's of apostolic origin, the 40th day uh, after the birth of the Lord. So that we bless candles at this mass, not just for the procession, but there's a custom of also people bringing their their candles in to be blessed, but also of the parish blessing the candles that are to be used. I mean, I, I suppose back in the day when things weren't so readily available that they would bless the candles used for the for the whole year. Okay, be a lot of candles, uh, but uh, but at the altar that they would bless um, a representation of the candles that are. It would be used for the year in the church. But mainly we, we bless uh, the little processional candles. Okay. Uh, that will be carried by the people in that particular mass. Now, what you can also do is you can bless the candles that will be used then at that mass, but also the little candles that people will hold at the Easter Vigil. Oh, I see. You can bless all those little processional tapers. So it's a fulfillment of what begins at Christmas, at midnight mass. Uh, it's customary to have mass in uh, in a darker church with the little hand candles, the little processional tapers, and they're little candles. And so at Candlemas, again, you have little candles because Jesus is a baby still, just 40 days old. At the Easter vigil, you have this enormous candle because our Lord... Not only is he an adult, but he has died and he's risen again, and he's God. So it's this enormous candle. Okay, so that's part of the part of the answer. The other question then is, why do we light candles? Well, the whole tradition of candles goes back to the synagogue as well, to the Jewish people, and to the lighting of lamps, uh, oil lamps. In the Catholic Church, we use, by tradition, beeswax candles. Yes or at least 51% beeswax candles, so they're majority beeswax. Well, one of the ways we can look at it is that a candle is an offering, and we could say that it's a whole burnt offering. So in the Old Testament, you have the Holocaust, which is a whole burnt offering, and you have the oblation, which is an offering that is shared with God. So the Mass is an oblation. We bring forth bread and wine on the altar, 
It's changed into the body and blood of Christ, and then it's shared back with us. So we offer something, God receives it, changes it, and then shares it with us. And so it is with the sacrifice of a lamb, you know, in mm-hmm. the in, in the uh, old covenant, that it was shared with the people. Okay. So the yeah. lamb was offered, and then they ate of the lamb. So they shared the offering with God. That's called an oblation. A holocaust is a whole burnt offering. You give it all to God. You don't receive anything back. I see. I mean, you receive God's, you know, God's blessings and 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 such. But that's how we might look at a candle. It's a whole burnt offering. The whole thing is burned up, and we don't we don't take take it anything yeah, back. Yeah, sure. Father Anderson, would this be a good day? Would if parishioners came to you with candles that they would keep in their home, maybe yes. for a home altar? Mm-hmm. Is that something they could bring to yep. church today or yep. any other day and have them blessed? Well, they can bring them any day to have candles blessed, but it is a special day to have them blessed. And so we do have an enormous pile of candles that bring, people bring on this day. Really? Um, yeah. I mean, you have to get there before Mass. Or bring them ahead of time. Okay. Uh, but yes, uh, it's a great day to have your candles blessed. And it's special because you know they were blessed on Candlemas. Oh, I think that's perfect. Every home, yes, have that little home oratory, that place where you pray. And there's one more thing about that lighting of candles. So another reason why we light candles is not just that it's an offering to God, but um, it's referred to as a votive candle. It has something to do with a vow, of a votive is like a, a vow of some sort, that we are asking God for something, or, no, or we are promising God something, mm-hmm. or we're following through on something we've promised to God, and we come and light a candle, sort of as a, as a sign of either what we have fulfilled or what we're asking for. And the other thing that's neat, and I remember seeing this at Lourdes in France years ago, and if you've been there, you you know, they have these enormous banks of candles at Lourdes and Fatima and these various places. They almost like, <laughs> they become infernos of fire. Sure, I've seen those for sure. <laughs> but there's a sign that I read once there, and it said uh, something to the effect of, you know, let this candle, ex- as long as this candle burns, let it extend my prayer. So that the flame itself, mm-hmm. being from a blessed candle, somehow it, it represents the tongue of fire of the Holy Spirit, and, but also that the, the flame itself has a life, and the candle is the offering that is being burned. Sure. And so while that, that flame is burning, it ex- your prayer is being prayed. Wow. So you leave, but the flame continues your prayer. I love it. Isn't that neat? That is, again, so beautiful. I've never thought about it that way, but I appreciate all of those things, especially when you talk about these small processional or little votive candles, too. You know, you think about Easter Vigil Mm -hmm. and how you think, well, I've just got this one little candle. But when that candle is spread in that light to everyone that has one little candle, yes, the church is lit and lit beautifully. And you should take those home. Because okay. even if you don't bring a candle to be blessed to take home with you, that is your candle that has been blessed to take home with you. 
Perfect. Because you won't burn the whole thing during Mass. No, you won't. That's right. And that's a wonderful way, again, bring that home, offer your prayer, and as you said, it will be extended. Mm -hmm. Well, Father Anderson, I have enjoyed this extended time with you today. Thank you so very much. Before you go, will you offer us a prayer and your priestly blessing? Yes. Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, we humbly beseech your majesty that, as your only begotten Son was this day presented in the temple in substance of our flesh, so you would grant us also to be presented to you with purified souls through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. And may the blessing of Almighty God the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit descend upon you and remain with you forever. Amen. And again, that is Father Eric Anderson, pastor at St. Stephen's Church here in Portland. Father Anderson, thank you again so much for your time. God bless you. God bless you too. And it is 7.54 at Mater Day Radio. David and Brenda with you on the Morning Blend. Always great to talk with Father Anderson. And he answered every question. He just was amazing to talk with. Just a wealth of knowledge. Hey, do you have an old car, truck, boat, motorcycle, RV, and looking for a way to support Mater Day Radio? Well, you can do so through our vehicle donation program. If you'd like to get rid of that vehicle, it's a really quick and easy process. Just go to our website, click on the Get Involved menu, Vehicle Donation. It'll take you over to the main page. All the information is there. Just a couple forms to fill out. You're good to go. And a likely tax deduction for you as well. That is Mater Day Radio's Vehicle Donation Program on our website at materdayradio.com or through the Hail Mary media app. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Broadcasting the fullness of truth, this is Mater Day Radio, KBVM Portland, Salem, Vancouver, KMME, Cottage Grove, Eugene, Springfield, Translator, K235BF, Eugene, and streaming at materdayradio.com. This is Monsignor Gerard O'Connor, chaplain of the Portland Guild of the Catholic Medical Association. This community of members strive to inform, organize, and inspire each other in steadfast fidelity to the teachings of the Catholic Church. Catholic physicians and healthcare workers need this support and fellowship now more than ever. We gather on the first Saturday of every month for 7.30 Mass at St. Mary's Cathedral, followed by our meeting. If you'd like to find out more information about the Catholic Medical Association and how you can become a member, visit cathmed.org. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Holy Family Supply, Salem's Catholic Bookstore. Located at 421 Court Street Northeast in downtown Salem, Holy Family Supply has a wide variety of Catholic gifts for all occasions, including Bibles, rosaries, statues, and holy cards. Holy Family Supply current hours and days of operation are available by phone at 503-588-1071. Hi everyone, this is David from Mater Dei Radio's Morning Blend. I would like to invite you to check out my new podcast, On The Go, where I have a chance to visit with coaches, musicians, artists, and more. We go a little bit more in-depth with the podcast, which hopefully gives you a little more insight into the good folks we talk to. 
It's on the go. Available on your favorite podcast platform or Matraday Radio's free Hail Mary media app. I'll talk to you soon. The Morning Blend. Check out our podcast at materdayradio.com. 757 at Materday Radio and a big find in Australia. Thankfully, we'll explain in the news. And praying a mass one month after the death of Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI, Archbishop Gaineswine says well, this was the saint who he prayed to. I'll tell you who that is coming up right after Awaken the Saint. Hey everyone, I'm Sophia with Awaken Catholic and this is Awaken the Saint. There's a scene in the movie Father Stu where seminarians Stu and Jacob conduct a prison ministry visit. Jacob attempts to begin the lesson when he's interrupted by an inmate ridiculing the young seminarian. Then Stu makes a comeback, having lived the rougher life that the inmate quickly relates to and is able to break through to the heart of the inmate and leaves the room silent. No squawks, no mocks, only a common ground of understanding and relatability. Today's saint wasn't an inmate, but she did live in total poverty throughout her life. So much so that she wasn't able to follow her call to a religious vocation until much later in her life. Unbeknownst to her, this would be exactly where God needed her to be so that she could better serve once she joined her order. Maria was born in 1820 to an impoverished family in Germany. Where her family lacked in finances and material possessions, they made up for in total love for God. Maria especially loved to read. She constantly was found reading her Bible and copy of Imitation of Christ by Thomas Kempis. Not a bad reading list in the slightest. Her health constantly kept her at home from school, so she filled her time with reading and learning how to spin and weave. She even helped with extra money for her family by breaking up stones used to construct local roads. With the passing of her father in 1841 and older brother shortly after, Maria knew that she would have to wait to pursue the cult's religious life just a little while longer. Her family needed her at this time, and she was at peace with this for the time being. As a temporary solution, she found joy in leading other children in her village on many pilgrimages to local Marian shrines. She found joy in bringing others closer to Christ through his mother, who, just like them, had found themselves without nothing at a crucial moment in their lives. Following the death of her mother, Maria was finally able to answer her call to religious life. With the permission of her bishop, she and a group of other women who had the same calling in their hearts were able to form a community. In 1851, they were officially established as the poor handmaids of Jesus Christ. They went all in on serving the poor in their community. Because of her background, she was quickly accepted and loved as someone who deeply cared about those she served and was able to share Christ with everyone she encountered. The order is still active today throughout Germany, the Netherlands, US, Mexico, and throughout India. It's one thing to sympathize with someone and to try and understand their background, but it's a totally different level when you can empathize with those you're serving or ministering to. Walking with someone who is experiencing something we've been through can be a total act of love and healing, not just for them, but also for ourselves. Let us find those who are carrying the same cross as us and not hide from each other, but rather walk the journey together toward Christ and His unending joy. Where we lack, may we allow Christ to fill our hearts with grace and blessings. St. Maria Katerina Casper, pray for us. Thank you for tuning in to Awaken the Saint. And that is Awaken the Saint. For more information about the saints or to pray with Mater Day Radio, please download our free Hail Mary media app. Details at materdayradio.com. It's 8 o'clock. 
In your news, Archbishop George Gaineswine celebrated Mass at the Tomb of St. Peter on Tuesday to mark one month since the death of Pope Benedict XVI. Gaineswine, the Pope Emeritus' longtime personal secretary, offered the Mass in the Vatican crypt close to Benedict's tomb in the presence of a small group of people. Benedict XVI died on December 31st in the Vatican, and he was buried in the crypt under St. Peter's Basilica on January 5th, following the celebration of his funeral mass in St. Peter's Square. In his homily, Gaineswine said, Benedict, one of the greatest and most influential theologians of all time on the chair of Peter, put himself under the protection of a saint for whom there was no theology only adoration. The saint was a Benedict Joseph Labre, known as the beggar saint, whose feast day, April 16th, was also Benedict XVI's birthday and baptismal day. Well, sturgeon in the lower Columbia River aren't facing extinction, but may face the risk of becoming a dwindling population if current trends persist. A new state report shows that issues threatening the lower Columbia River sturgeon population continue with meager spawning success downstream from Bonneville Dam. Estimates illustrate a decline of illegal sized sturgeon, those that are 38 to 54 inches fork length. That means the tip of the snout to the fork of the tail. 54 inches. Wow. That's a big fish. That is. Although adult sturgeon totals are just above desired goals, juvenile populations have continued to nosedive, a consistent trend in recent years. The result has translated to a decrease in legally harvestable fish. Now, considering this trend, the Washington and Oregon Departments of Fish and Wildlife have intentionally spared sturgeon from being harvested so they can mature and reproduce. Laura Herod. Hieronymus, Washington Department of Fish and Wildlife Sturgeon Lead, said this strategy has been successful, but not at a rate to maintain meaningful fisheries. Washington and Oregon Department of Fish and Wildlife have developed and advocated for programs to expand spawning sanctuaries. It's interesting. Every time I hear sturgeon or talk about sturgeon, I can't help but think of at the Oregon State Fair for many years as a kid. Yes. Going to the fair, there was a big tank, and in it was Herman the Sturgeon. Herman the Sturgeon. Herman the Sturgeon, swimming around. Big, wow. big sturgeon. They're not particularly attractive yeah, fish either. No. They're kind of spiny yeah, and they got that yeah. weird nose. They're they're almost uh, prehistoric, prehistoric looking. looking. Yeah. Yep. So, all right. There you go. Herman the Sturgeon. Herman. <laughs> well, it was a day of disruption in the UK as thousands of Brits walked off the job Wednesday in the country's biggest mass strike since 2011. The Trades Union Congress estimated that up to a half a million workers, including teachers, universities, staff, civil servants, border officials, train and bus drivers, went on strike across the country. They're pushing the government for better pay amid cost of living crisis. Union bosses say that despite some pay raises, such as a 5% offer the government proposed to teachers, soaring inflation has plunged scores of public sector workers into financial difficulty because their wages have failed to keep pace. Now, the Trades Union Congress says that the average public sector worker is 203 pounds or about $250 a month worse off compared to the 2010 pace once inflation has been taken into account. Well, Washington State Governor Jay Inslee 
tested positive for COVID-19 for the second time. Inslee's office said in a statement Wednesday that he had tested positive, was experiencing very mild symptoms, including a cough, but he plans to continue working from home. Trudy Inslee, the first spouse, has tested negative. The governor also tested positive for COVID-19 last May. Now, President Joe Biden told Congress this week that he will end the national emergencies for addressing COVID-19 on May 11th. Inslee ended the state of emergency in Washington the end of October. Still out there. It is still. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. yeah it's, I, well, I, well, I don't think it'll ever I go away. You know I mean, what? I'm beginning to believe that more yeah. and more that it's just going to be one of those things yeah. now like the flu. Exactly. We're going to live with it now. Yep. Well, this is good news, especially for Australians. Authorities scanning a remote Australian highway for a tiny missing radioactive capsule have found it by the roadside after a challenging search likened to trying to find a needle in a haystack. State emergency authorities announced the discovery on Wednesday afternoon, six days after the capsule containing highly radioactive Cassium-137 was discovered missing from a package sent hundreds of kilometers from a mining site to northwestern Australia to the capital, Perth. Now, the capsule's disappearance sparked a massive search of the highway with specialized radioactive detection units. It prompted warnings to the public not to approach the capsule, which could cause serious burns on contact. Authorities believe the capsule somehow fell off the back of a truck as it was being transported nearly 900 miles from the mine. Oops. Bump, bump, and yeah, off it went, off rolling off. Some, radioactive. Some kangaroo yeah. came by and put it in her pouch and hopped off with yeah. it. Yeah, they may, they may want to consider their practices of transporting. Maybe perhaps a little bit more secure yeah. and not in the, some type of an open truck where it could actually even fall yeah. out in the first yeah. place. I, I, yeah, there's something not right with that. Something's not quite right on no. the job site. Well, a Clark County jury on Wednesday unanimously found suspected serial killer Warren Forrest guilty in the 1974 murder of Martha Morrison, a 17-year-old from Portland. The first-degree murder trial began last week, nearly 50 years after Morrison's remains were discovered. Forrest had been in prison since 1978, serving a life sentence for his conviction, the 1974 murder of another young woman, 20-year-old Krista K. Blake. In total, investigators suspect Forrest is responsible for abducting and killing seven women and girls on both sides of the Columbia River. Morrison's remains were recovered months after she disappeared, but her death wasn't linked to Forrest until 2015, when DNA evidence was found on the weapon used to attack Morrison. And in sports, lots of college basketball tonight. University of Portland women's team will try to build on its stellar West Coast Conference record when it faces the San Francisco Dons in the Bay Area. Tip-off set for 6 p.m. Lady Pilots are 10-1 and in conference play. That's their best record through 11 games dating back to the 1996-97 season. University of Portland men's team also on the road with the game at San Diego. That begins at 7. The Oregon and Oregon State men's teams are in the desert. Beavers play at Arizona State with a 5 o'clock start. That's on the Pac-12 network. Ducks get underway at 7.30 at the University of Arizona. That's on ESPN. Washington is at UCLA, and Washington State visits USC. Both those games on FS1. And the Blazers pick up a road win last night over the Memphis Grizzlies, 122-112. to 
Well, in Arkansas, Catholic School celebrated Catholic Schools Week in style with a special guest who helped spur the faith of students with the demonstration skateboarding. Now, while the means of the message may sound unusual, so too was the fact that the skater was a Franciscan friar of the Immaculate. Alatea.org says Brother Gabriel Cortez travels the country with skateboard in tow, mesmerizing watchers with intricate skills skating on whatever surfaces are available. However, the skateboard is just a vehicle, both literal and symbolic, for the message of Christ. Once he has onlookers' attention, he can begin evangelizing them with skating-themed metaphors. At one point, He has a volunteer from the crowd and one of the school's Catholic priests lay down so that he can perform what he calls the leap of faith, (laughs) jumping the pair on the skateboard with ease. Brother Gabriel says that is trust building exercise that's meant to teach about trusting one's faith. St. Teresa's principal, Christy Dunn, noted that the demonstration was an excellent way to engage the students as they celebrated Catholic Schools Week. She said that teaching is based on relationship and learning is based on engagement, two areas in which Brother Gabriel's ministry thrives. Brother Gabriel admitted that his methods are unique, but he noted that the students tend to pay more attention because of the novelty of the event. He said it's an avenue that not many people have, but he can tell the kids appreciate it from their responses. This unusual and engaging ministry has been run by Father Gabriel for nearly 20 years. That's fun. So how you like that? David, get down on the That's ground right. there with next jump, to yeah. the priest. He's going <laughs> to jump you in the skateboard. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. This Saturday at 7.30 a.m. is Catholic Medical Association Portland Guild Mass and a meeting happening at St. Mary's Cathedral of the Immaculate Conception. Monsignor Gerard O'Connor will celebrate Mass at 7.30, followed by a discussion on the physiology of transgenders in sports led by Dr. Jeffrey McCarthy. And remember, you can find more details on these and other events. Go to the community calendar, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. Well, it is Catholic Schools Week, and we're going to check in with O'Hara Catholic School down in Eugene. We'll do that right after the forecast. Support for Monterey Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. Join Matri Radio and Monsignor John Syak with a morning blessing. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, we beg you for your blessing this day, knowing how good you are, and how you treat us not according to our sinfulness, but according to your mercy. We ask you to bless all the people listening, wherever they are, in their homes, in their cars, at work, and that you would give them the grace that they need to be holy this day. You send the Holy Spirit to them. Send our Blessed Mother Mary to intercede for us. And may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit descend upon you and remain with you forever. Amen. For more prayer resources and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit matridayradio.com.
Healthcare sharing has been around for decades and began out of the Christian tradition of neighbor helping neighbor. That's the premise Solidarity HealthShare was built on, where a nonprofit medical cost sharing ministry in which our family of members share in each other's eligible medical expenses. Solidarity HealthShare is not insurance, but an alternative way to pay for medical costs that adheres to Catholic Church teachings. We never share into medical care that goes against our morals. More information at SolidarityHealthShare.org. Find the peace you need by joining Mater Dei Radio and the Benedictine monks of Mount Angel Abbey on the Hail Mary Media app. Throughout the day, you can break away from the stress and worry of your world and journey to the Abbey Church on the hilltop for a live stream of the Liturgy of the Hours. In addition to these peaceful times with the monks, the Hail Mary Media app also features Mater Dei Radio's live broadcast, podcast of all our original programming, including shows available exclusively on the app, an interactive community calendar of Catholic events, your own customizable schedule of personal prayer reminders, and much more. Download some peace into your life today. Look for Hail Mary Media in the App Store, Google Play, or click materdayradio.com for all the details. Find your peace with the Benedictine monks of Mount Angel Abbey on the Hail Mary Media app. From Matraday Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. And it is 814 here at Matraday Radio. Well, this should be the last morning of below freezing temperatures, at least for now. Yes. Right? Yeah, I hope. We begin the day with what well, looks like mostly clear skies. Highs today again in the mid to upper 40s. Then as we move through the day today, clouds going to begin to fill the sky Overnight, we're cooling down to the upper 30s. Then tomorrow, looks like rain might be moving back in by mid-morning. Highs on Friday staying in the upper 40s. So rain's going to keep up through the weekend this week. All right. Currently 26 degrees at Blanchette Catholic High School in Salem. And it is 32 degrees at St. Thomas Catholic Church out in Camas, Washington. Well, as we continue to celebrate Catholic Schools Week throughout the Archdiocese of Portland, we head to the southern end of the Willamette Valley this morning to check in with O'Hara Catholic School in Eugene. Joining the Morning Blend, we are very pleased to welcome O'Hare Principal Tammy Conway to the program. Hey, good morning, Tammy. Thank you so much for being with us. Well, good morning. Thank you for having us. I think the last time we spoke to O'Hara Catholic School, I I may be wrong about this, but uh, you might remember this, is that one or two of your art teachers had won some awards, and it was was a big deal. I mean, this was like a a national uh, award that they received. Do you remember that? Oh, yes, of course. Yes, it was. You're right. It was through the NCEA, which is the National Catholic Educators Association, and they won um, Distinguished Teachers of the Year for their art program. So it was pretty remarkable, and we're very proud of them. Yeah, that, that is great. So uh, obviously a great art program there at O'Hara Catholic School. Now, I was reading on your website, and by the way, you've got a wonderful website with all the information, uh, that O'Hara is the biggest elementary school, Catholic elementary school in the Archdiocese of Portland. Is that correct? That is true. Yeah, we are. Wow, that's awesome. So tell me a little bit about O'Hara Catholic School. Let our listeners know about the school, how many students, what you do. Sure. Well, we, um, yes, we're a Catholic school in the Archdiocese of Portland, um, and we have 545 students from grades preschool through eighth grade. So we have two homerooms at every grade, um, except preschool. We just do one. 
but we have a thriving, busy, active school down here. We're, we're very fortunate. We are a parish school of St. Mary's, but we also um, operate very much like an area school. We're blessed to have the involvement of so many of the area priests um, who come and say Mass or help us with reconciliation and a, a variety of activities. So we just feel very fortunate to have the support and care of all of our local priests and parishes and on top of Father Ron and St. Mary's. So we're pretty fortunate. Yeah, Father Ron Nelson at St. Mary's. Yes. Yeah, that's wonderful. So I know Father Ron very well, so that's that's great to hear. And then again, you go from pre-K right on through middle school. Preschool, yeah. So yeah. three-year-old is our youngest, and okay. then we go on up to eighth grade. Gotcha. So that, that's wonderful. So at O'Hara, were you doing anything special this week for Catholic Schools Week at all? Yes, we have been busy. It is such a fun week, and um, for those that don't know, this is a week that um, people celebrate all over the nation. So all Catholic schools are celebrating this week, which is fun to know that all other Catholic school students are doing these same fun same fun weeks of events. So um, yesterday was probably one of the favorites. We had our all-schools mass over at Marist Catholic High School, and we do with St. Paul Parish School, O'Hara, and Marist. So we have over a 1,000 Catholic school students in their gym celebrating mass together, which is a true blessing. It's so much fun. Yeah. Um, and then we've done great things. We had a student-led, our student leadership led an assembly with a little bit of history about our school and why we're called O'Hara Catholic School, some information about Archbishop O'Hara, which not everybody knows, so that was fun. Um, and just we've been work- focusing on thanks to our parents and grandparents for supporting them and sending them to schools. Uh, we did a f- do- bring in a dollar, have a free dress day, because we have a school uniform. Um, the money went to the Angel Hair Foundation down here in Eugene, which is an organization that supports um, children and makes hair um, extensions and hair kits for kids who are suffering with disease or with, have hair loss as mm. a as a um, effect. And then we raised over $800, which is fun, so they're going to come next week to in assembly to collect that, and we've just been focusing on giving thanks to the priests and sisters in our area, and today we celebrate the end of the week with Bible Trivia, which is probably one of our students' most favorite and loved events. Oh, that's great. How does that work? Um, it's kind of like Jeopardy, yeah. so imagine a, a Jeopardy game, and we um, we have a A classroom and a B classroom from the whole building, so we have a one representative from each homeroom, so we have an A team and a B team, and they come up and play Jeopardy, and they have a phone-a-friend ability, so we have some middle school teachers, and hopefully Father Ron <laughs> will help us today, too, so they can phone in and get the answers if they need it, and it's just a lot of fun, and it's just focused on um, Bible trivia, and of course, because the little ones do it, too, there's some really simple questions, and then there's some more advanced questions for the older right. kids as well. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. That sounds like a lot of fun. We're speaking with Tammy Conway. She is the principal at O'Hara Catholic School in Eugene as we celebrate Catholic Schools Week. I know you guys have a lot of wonderful programs at O'Hara Catholic School. One of them that jumps out at me, and maybe you can tell our listeners about this, is the Living Saints Project. Oh, yes. That has been a a tradition for many, many years. And our middle school religion teacher, Mrs. Marianne Obersinner, it was really her idea and inspired project, and our students in sixth grade, the second half of the year, are assigned a saint that they get to pick as well, and they study the saint, the saint's life, um, where the saint is from, their contributions to society, uh, why they're a saint, just everything about that saint. And then in the spring in June, um, sometimes end of May, beginning of June, they put on a presentation. And so they dress like their saint, get to bring in specific items that might represent that saint. And they've also painted a backdrop of where the saint would be from, where the saint lives. And they sit in front of there, and then we invite guests. 
um, family, friends, other schools, uh, our, our own students, of course, get to come around and interview them, right. and they speak as if they are the saint. Mm. So it's just a really remarkable way for the kids to dive into the life of a saint and really learn in depth what made them a saint and their contributions and why they were important. Oh, that's wonderful. And just in reading about it, too, it does sound like you get great participation from people coming from far and wide to look at the program. We do. It is wonderful, and we're we're very fortunate. Someone from the Department of Catholic Schools comes down every year to celebrate with us and see what the kids are doing, and other schools drive over. So it, it is really fun. It's a celebrated program and, and one that we're very proud of, and you can just see the pride on the on the kiddos' faces when they've accomplished all that they have and memorized all those important facts and dates and sometimes difficult words, and right. they just do a really remarkable job. Oh, that's great. And then, too, I wanted to mention again your art program. You have the O'Hara Annual Target Talking Art museum. We do. And that, again, another love tradition. We do that with fourth grade and they pick out and um, they work in pairs and they pick out one famous artist and one of their most famous paintings and they paint the, the artwork. They try to replicate it to the best of their ability. And then one of the students becomes part of the artwork. And so when the kids come around to interview them, that student speaks from the perspective of the piece of art, and then the other student dresses up like the artist and speaks from the perspective of the artist. So just another great way for kids to dive into art history and learn about different artists around the world. It's really remarkable. Uh, That's great. So anything coming up at O'Hara that you'd like to let the listeners know about? Maybe an open house or how they can be involved with O'Hara Catholic School? Sure. Yeah, we actually had our open house this last weekend, but pretty much from this point to the end of the year, I do tours anytime. So if someone's interested in a tour, they're welcome to contact the school and set that up with me, which I love doing. We also have our annual auction coming up in just a couple weeks, which is a huge event for us and an important one, an important fundraiser. So we're excited about that, and we are just going to be busy. And then pretty much right after our auction, we roll into Lent, and and so we're busy in that season as well. Oh, that's wonderful. Again, it's O'HaraSchool.com. O-R-G, O'HaraSchool.org. Great website, all the information there you can find out about O'Hara Catholic School in Eugene. Tammy Conway is the principal there. Tammy, great to talk with you. It sounds like you're having a wonderful week. We are. Thank you for having us. Well, thank you very much, and God bless you. Yeah, you as well. Thank you again. And it is 822 here at Mater Day Radio. David, your children went to Catholic schools. My children went to Catholic schools we love the program that the diocese yep. put together for all of these schools. It seems funny that we're here just in the beginning of February, but now is kind of the time to start thinking about, you know, if you have children yep. entering the school years uh, in the fall, now's the time to look for those schools. You know, and if you're new in the area too, you you can just talk to your local parish school. And, you know, like Tammy said, they'll give you a tour Come in and see the programs, and then uh, you can, you know, start that enrollment process now. So we can't praise our Catholic schools enough. Yeah, and tomorrow we have a special interview coming up. That's right. Peter Corrado will be joining us also to talk about some of the ways that the Catholic School Fund is helping offset the cost of tuition. So Catholic education should be available to everyone who wants that mm-hmm. for their kids. Now, you can find more information about our Catholic schools at our Archdiocese, but also just go to your local church and talk to them also. You can hear that interview again with Tammy on our website, materdayradio.com, and the podcast is also available on the Hail Mary media app. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, Family Dentist. 
Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. This February, spend time with women from across the area and arise. Reflect on the beauty of God's marvelous design of womanhood at Holy Redeemer Catholic Parish in Vancouver on February 10th and 11th for the Arise Women's Conference. For the first time ever, this conference will be open to women from middle school through adult with special breakout tracks for youth. Listen to Catholic recording artist and national speaker, Noel Garcia, and discover God's plan for holiness in women and our capacity to love. Registration fee includes conference materials and Saturday lunch and dinner. Information and registration can be found online at holyredeemervan.org. That's holyredeemervan.org. Join for a weekend of friendship, reflection, and arise. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Jeff Kane at North Point Bank in Vancouver. North Point Bank brings value to customers through client-focused home loan programs, including new construction, renovation options, financing for rental properties, and more. Learn more at northpoint.com. That's northpointpointe.com. Equal housing lender, member FDIC. Hello, I'm Kevin Doran. And I'm Carla Wehrman, co-host of Sunday Commentary. Join us every weekend on Mater Day Radio, Saturday mornings at 7 and Sunday mornings at 8, as we break down the scripture readings so you can better prepare to enter into the beauty and mystery of the Holy Mass. It's fun, fast, and faith-filled. Let us share our love of the good news with you, Saturday mornings at 7 and Sunday mornings at 8 on Mater Day Radio. The bridge between your faith and everyday life. It's the cup that refreshes the morning blend on Mater Day Radio. And it is 827 at Mater Day Radio, and there is a midnight deadline for a Portland City strike. We'll have the details in the news. And the excitement around Pope Francis' trip to DRC has led to bring some pilgrims to travel for days by boat just for a chance at a glimpse. I'll have that story for you, plus more coming up in news. Here is The Thirsting and Alone. We are The Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio. It doesn't matter what the world thinks of you. It doesn't matter if they call you a fool. Because there's a reason for this song. You're the one for whom my hands did bleed And I could never leave you alone So many times you think you're on your own And you're wondering where did I go so wrong But there's a reason for this song I could never leave 
That is The Thirsting and Alone. It's 8.30 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. And in your news, to bring about peace, prayer is the most powerful weapon there is. Pope Francis told thousands of young adults and catechism teachers in the Democratic Republic of Congo on Thursday. Pope Francis on Thursday interacted with an enthusiastic crowd about 65,000 young people and adults, some of whom traveled days to be present for the papal visit. Pope Francis asked the crowd, yes, prayer conquers fears and enables us to take our future into our hands. Do you believe this? Now, during the second half of his speech, the Pope was repeatedly drowned out by the enthusiastic and energetic audience, which broke out into cheering and singing and dancing despite the hot weather. The bishop from Western DRC told EWTN News that people from his diocese traveled in boats on the Congo River for two to four days to arrive in Kinshasa. Pope Francis spoke against corruption in his homily, inviting everyone to shout together, Go away, corruption! Well, the stadium broke out in loud singing and cheering then, and the event's MC had to invite the crowd to quiet down so the Pope could continue speaking. What a trip this has been. I mean, what you talked about, a million people at the airport tarmac when the right. Pope arrived in this event. Wow. 60,000. And then there's such a beautiful African culture that they bring with them that is so prayerful, so holy, and as it said in the article, energetic. Yeah. Well, Cardinal Joseph Zen has been hospitalized in Hong Kong after his health deteriorated upon returning from Benedict XVI's funeral in Rome. The 91-year-old Cardinal wrote on his blog that he is receiving treatment in the hospital after experiencing difficulty breathing. Zen said that the doctors have already conducted many examinations and ruled out that he does not have a bacterial infection in his lungs as he experienced in 2016 when he was hospitalized for three weeks. The former bishop of Hong Kong revealed that he had already been experiencing some health difficulties before he received permission from a Hong Kong court to travel to Rome for the January 5th funeral of Benedict XVI. Despite having inflammation in his shoulders and aching back, even numbness in his hands, Zen said that he felt that he could not give up the opportunity to be present at the funeral. Well, hundreds of members of the Laborers International Union are moving forward with plans to strike at midnight tonight after no agreement was reached with the city of Portland during Wednesday's mediation session, according to city officials. The city says it has contingency plans and will share details on potential impacts today. State of emergency state of emergency declaration issued last Thursday by Portland Mayor Ted Wheeler allows the city to hire or reallocate staff to ensure continuity of services as the workers go on strike. Now, negotiations between union representatives and the city have gone on for about 10 months, the union said. They represent workers in Portland's wastewater treatment, 
pollution testing, street maintenance, and park ranger services. Portland Public Schools is closing its online program, the Online Learning Academy, at the end of the school year. Staff was notified Tuesday during a meeting. Family found out from an email they received Tuesday evening also. In the message to families, district officials cited future budget concerns as a reason for closing the school. And in the message, officials said they will be in touch with more information about options and want to help each OLA student find a learning environment that fits their needs. Students, teachers, and other staff members will return to in-person schools, according to the message. Now, the school enrolls about 225 students across kindergarten through 12th grade. The Online Learning Academy started in the fall of 2021 as an offering for families who wanted their children to remain with online learning as others returned to in-person learning. Well, new Oregon Governor Tina Kotek has announced her budget proposal for the state, and it leans heavily on one of her top priorities, housing. Kotek is pushing for lawmakers to approve more than $1 billion to build and preserve affordable housing in the next two-year budget. In her proposal, Kotek writes, The housing crisis is one of the largest emergencies we have ever faced in Oregon, and the human suffering it causes to individuals, families, and communities is unacceptable. Now, in part of her proposal, Kotek also wants the state to issue $770 million in bonds to help build affordable homes for renters and new homeowners. Along with housing and homelessness, Kotek said her top priorities are strengthening the state's behavioral health system and improving early childhood education. Well, Washington State Governor Jay Inslee has tested positive for COVID-19 for the second time. Inslee's office said in a statement Wednesday that he had tested positive, was experiencing very mild symptoms, including a cough. He does plan to continue working from home. Trudy Inslee, the governor's wife, tested negative. The governor also tested positive for COVID last May. President Joe Biden told Congress this week that he will end the national emergencies for addressing COVID-19 on May 11th. Inslee ended the state of emergency in Washington at the end of October. And in sports, well, that's a good way to start a road trip. Portland Trailblazers playing in Memphis defeated the Grizzlies last night, 122-112. to Once again, it was Damian Lillard leading the way, scoring 42 points and dishing out 10 assists. Former Oregon Stater Drew Eubanks came off the bench to give the team a boost. He had 11 points and 11 rebounds, playing in place of Yusik Nurchic, who left the game early in the first quarter with a calf injury. Blazers also lost Jeremy Grant to a concussion in the second quarter. It was a really good road win for Portland, as Memphis is a legitimate Western Conference contender. Blazers have now won four of their past five games and moved within one game of 500. They play at Washington tomorrow. Well, today is the feast of the presentation of the Lord, which recalls when Joseph and Mary presented the child Jesus in the temple. In Poland, they also commemorate this day as Our Lady of the Thunder Candle. Now, this tradition is related to the blessing of candles that also occurs before Mass. Traditionally, Catholics would attend Mass on this day, take home with them a blessed candle. In Poland, this candle would eventually be called the thunder candle and was primarily lit during storms as well as to ward off wolves. 
Now, the University of Dayton explains the legend relates that Mary, the mother of God, the blessed thunder candle, watches over the people on cold February nights. With her thunder candle, she wards off the ravenous pack and protects the peasants from all harm. While wolves are typically no longer a threat to us, Catholics still light the candles during thunderstorms or during times of prayer. The candles are also reminders of the light of Christ and how Mary can give us through the darkness of our lives the guidance that we need. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. And this Sunday at 11 a.m. is a Mass for Consecrated Life happening at St. Mary's Cathedral of the Immaculate Conception here in Portland. All are invited for Mass as the Archdiocese of Portland marks the World Day of Prayer for Consecrated Life. Remember, you can find details on these and other events. Go to the community calendar, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. Well, are you interested in the religious life? You'll hear about a discernment treat that's coming up. It's right after the forecast. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. I once had a gentleman come up to me and say he didn't think the principle of non-contradiction was true, that perhaps something could be and not be in the same respect at the same place and time. Now, skepticism doesn't get any more radical than this. The principle of non-contradiction is the principle upon which all human knowledge is based. So how do we defend it? It's pretty simple. A skeptic can only speak against the principle if his words have the intended meaning and not the opposite. For example, if a skeptic says the principle is false, well then he must intend the statement to mean what it expresses and not the opposite, namely the principle is true. But this presupposes the principle and thus undermines his attempt to deny it. So a skeptic can't deny the principle of non-contradiction without ending in self-defeat. I'm Carlo Broussard with a ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. The 2023 Idaho Catholic Men's Conference is coming up Saturday, February 4th. You're invited to the premier Catholic men's event in the West. Attend the conference in person at St. Paul's Parish in Nampa, Idaho, or attend virtually online with Crowdcast. This year's lineup includes Monsignor James Shea and Major League Baseball All-Star Mike Sweeney. For all the details or to register now, please visit IdahoCatholicMen.org. That's IdahoCatholicMen.org. As we surpass three decades of broadcasting, all of us at Mater Dei Radio are thankful for the many blessings this special radio ministry provides to our Catholic community. To ensure that our faith continues to thrive in today's media, we hope you will consider including Mater Dei Radio in your estate planning. There are many estate planning options to choose from, but one way would be to include Mater Dei Radio as a beneficiary in your will. More information on estate planning is on our website at materdayradio.com. It is 841 in Mater Day Radio. Well, we're going to see clouds increase throughout the day today with a high of 49 degrees. 
Then mostly cloudy overnight tonight with a chance of rain late, low of 39. Friday going to be rainy and breezy with a high of 50 degrees and then looks like more showers right on through the weekend. A little warmer, though. Thank goodness for that. It's still very cold outside. In fact, it's 30 degrees at Catholic Community Services of Clark County in Vancouver. And 29 degrees at St. Andrew Church in Portland. In making any decision in life, hopefully your first question is, what does God want for me? And that is the central question, especially when discerning your vocation and whether God is calling you to the priesthood or religious life. But the answer may not be so clear. One place men can go and discern this call is at an upcoming discernment retreat with the missionaries of the Holy Spirit. Joining me this morning to tell us more is Brother Lucio Galicia, the Vocations Director with the Missionaries of the Holy Spirit. Their event is coming up February 10th to the 12th, and Brother Lucio is joining me today to tell us more about it. Good morning, Brother Lucio. Thank you so much for joining us today. Good morning, Brenda. Well, it's wonderful to have you join us today, especially when talking about vocation discernment and being able to come together and and retreat away from the busyness of life to really explore what it is that God is calling us to. So can you first tell us a little bit about the missionaries of the Holy Spirit? What are the charisms and some of the work that you do for the community down in Mount Angel? Uh, The missionaries of the Holy Spirit were founded in 1914 in the midst of a Mexican Revolution. Our founder is uh, Father Félix Ruger, French priest, who happened to uh, be sent to Mexico City. There he met with our co-founder, Concepcion Cabrera de Armida. He was a mystic, and at that time they met, they actually uh, didn't know each other. So Jesus speaks to Conchita, I would like you to go to confession. Conchita goes to the nearest church. She asks for a priest, and Father Felix comes to the confessionary, and they begin the confession. After a while, Conchita stops and says to Father Felix, Father, I don't know you, but Jesus is telling me that he doesn't like the way you're living your priesthood. And that's how they met. Talk about a wake-up call for sure. I think for some people, they want that wake-up call to be that clear, just like having a conversation with someone. But again, God's call can be hard to hear sometimes. For our listeners, Brother Lucio, can you tell us a little bit about how you first realized that well, God was calling you to the missionaries of the Holy Spirit? The beginning, religious life, or priesthood was not in, in my mind. I wanted to become a, a, an architect in Mexico City. And uh, I came to the United States to learn English and then go back. But then I stayed here for a while, and a priest approached me one day. And he asked me if I wanted to come to a, a retreat. And uh, I did want to that retreat, and I loved it. One of the things that touched my attention is uh, a question they asked, do you have a plan for your life? And I said, yes, I do have a plan. I want to become an architect and marry. And then the priest said, good. Now, do you believe you're going to be happy doing that? Hmm. And I began to ponder, well, you know, I've thought about serving others, 
I do help at my parish. I am a youth minister. And I am really happy when I am doing that. So that's when I began to ponder about religious life, maybe the priesthood or brotherhood. And then I joined the Missionaries of the Holy Spirit. Well, it's just all of those confirmations along the way that let everyone know that you are doing what God wants for your life, and you have an opportunity to discern that question more. Men who are ages 18 to 33 at an upcoming Vocations Discernment Retreat, February 10th to the 12th in beautiful Mount Angel. Well, Brother Lucio, for somebody who is thinking, well, maybe God is calling me, but I'm not sure. You know, what are some of the things and questions like that that they should be asking themselves if an order or the religious life is their vocation or diocesan priesthood? Kind of tell our listeners a little bit about kind of maybe the different questions that they need to answer in order to make that decision. Mm-hmm. Well, first, the young men and women, of course, they have to be open, just open to to the Lord. And just think about what is it that they want to do in life. And if, if that specific vocation is going to make them happy forever. Mm. Yes? That's it. It could, be, it could be marriage. It could be single life. It could be religious life. But just be open. Be open to, to, to that thought of, um, well, maybe I, I need to go to a, a, a retreat, a vocation retreat. And just coming to a vocation retreat does not mean that uh, you're going to be uh, or become a, a priest. Maybe you realize with the uh, tools I give for discernment, you will realize of your personal vocation. Maybe the Lord will speak to you and you will be, your vocation will be clear, and you would say, you know, maybe the Lord is calling me just uh, to be a, a single person, help at my church, my parish, help others, and help my family, or marriage. You know, I do believe I'm suited to, you know, take care of a wife and children, and I do believe this is what the Lord is asking of me. So I do actually uh, give the tools needed for young men to discern. Brother Lucio, can you tell us a little bit about how this weekend is going to unfold for single men who will be attending this special discernment retreat in February? Yes. Uh, We'll arrive on Friday at 6.30 p.m., and then uh, we will have uh, dinner and then prayers. Uh, And on Sunday... We will spend time uh, at Mass. We begin with Mass. That's the most important uh, event in our community life. Once we have Mass, we can begin doing our ministry. And after that, we will have uh, breakfast, and then we will go through seven talks. The first one is, how do I know myself? How well do I know myself? The second one is, different uh, to different vocations and then the, the third one will be regarding the uh, missionaries of holy spirit and the different spiritualities there are out there and on sunday we finished at 2 p.m after mass 
Well, just a wonderful opportunity for men, again, ages 18 to 33, to just spend a little time away from the busyness of life and really discern what God is calling you for. Brother Lucio Galicia is with the Missionaries of the Holy Spirit, inviting those who are able to, to be able, maybe consider joining them. Brother Lucio, thank you so much for your time today. Where can listeners go to find out more information or maybe if they have a question or two? Sure. Uh, we have a, a web page, and it is mspscpp.org. They can find us there, and I do have a, a specific place there for vocations, and you can click on that, and uh, you will find all the retreats coming. Oh, fantastic. Well, hopefully we'll have some listeners who are listening to us today and uh, take you up on that offer and check out more information there on your webpage. Brother Lucio, thank you so much for your time today. We wish you all the best. Thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much for having me with you. And again, that is Brother Lucio Galicia. Now, the missionaries of the Holy Spirit are inviting you to their vocation discernment retreat. It is coming up on February 10th to the 12th. Single men ages 18 to 33 are invited to attend. I will be sure to add the link that Brother Lucia was just talking about to get you right to where you need to be. You're going to find that link on the podcast of this interview, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary Media app. And it is 8.51 at Mater Day Radio. David and Brenda with you on this Groundhog's Day. Tonight, from 5 to 6, you can join Catholic Charities of Oregon for an evening of virtual storytelling and theological reflection, focusing on Pope Benedict XVI's first encyclical on love. It's co-hosted by Sarah Granger and senior. He, she's the senior development advisor, by the way, at Catholic Charities, and Ed Longwa, the communications director. You know how I'm founding this out, Brenda? How are you finding all that information? On Mater Day Radio's community calendar. It's so thorough. It is very thorough. It's just one of the things that we have listed. We have all sorts of wonderful activities and events throughout the Archdiocese of Portland that is listed on our community calendar. Very easy to find. You can go to our website, materdayradio.com, or of course, through the free Hail Mary media app. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Support from Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including the Jade Bistro and Patisserie, located on Southeast 13th in Portland's Selwood neighborhood. The Jade Bistro is family-run, serving Vietnamese and Thai cuisine with influences from France and Laos. French pastries are available daily, open Monday through Saturday, 11 a.m. to 9 p.m. Information can be found online at jadeportland.com. Please join me, Father Tony Galati, in the prayer to St. Michael the Archangel. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. 
May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, thrust into hell Satan and all evil spirits who wander through the world for the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For more prayer resources, or to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit us online at matradeiradio.com or check the prayer section of the new Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Holy Family Catholic Clinic is a proud member of Mater Dei Radio's Leadership Circle. Located at 21810 Willamette Drive in West Lynn, Holy Family Catholic Clinic is Christ-centered and provides superior, compassionate, life-affirming health care to patients of all ages. Holy Family Catholic Clinic offers medical services that are in adherence to Catholic moral teaching and bioethics, honoring the sanctity of life from conception to natural death. Learn more at holyfamilyclinic.com. That's holyfamilyclinic.com. What do you get when you cross a Catholic radio show host and a permanent deacon? A match made in heaven. I'm Deacon Scott Aiken from the Archdiocese of Seattle. And I'm Brenda Aiken from The Morning Blend. Work and family life can be hectic. We understand, and together we'll find God's grace. We may not always agree, but we are always faithful. Listen on Friday evenings at 7.30 and Sunday evenings at 6 as we share stories about our faith, our family, and our view from the pew. Right here on Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. The Morning Blend, two hours a day for two times the fun on Mater Day Radio, the station dedicated to the Blessed Virgin Mary. And it is 8.55 at Mater Day Radio. Well, kind of a nice morning, now a little chilly, but we will see increasing clouds throughout the day today, a high of 49 degrees. Then the clouds start to roll in tonight with a 30% chance of rain late, low of 39, a little, little warmer than the uh, 20s that we've been in. And then for Friday, rainy and breezy, a high of 50. Saturday, 60% chance of rain, a high of 53. And more showers for Sunday, that okay. time of year. Kind of back to that typical winter we're used to around here. Exactly. Currently 30 degrees in the Rose City. And closing out our show today, here is Steve A. Grisano, A Rightful Place. And we are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. Bring 
That is Steve Agrizano and A Rightful Place. It's A59, Mater Day Radio. I'm going to have to go home and watch Groundhog's, Groundhog's Day. Day. Okay. I saw it was uh, last night. They were promoting it on one of the stations like it was going to just run back to back all day long. <laughs> okay. Well, watch that while you enjoy another six weeks of winter because we know right. that's how it's going to turn out. That is going to wrap it up for us on the morning blend. It's Thursday. That means you can live with passion this evening at 7.30 with Father Cedric. We also got great Catholic broadcasting from now until then. We hope you have a very blessed day.